This is Miller's Edge on Tide Winners against Pepperdine, 83-57. Number 19, Washington State holds off USC, 75-72. Number 23, Gonzaga rolls over San Francisco, 86-68. This is the Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. because it's Friday. We're working for the weekend. Rainy day here in Columbia, South Carolina, but that's okay. It's still the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. We're glad we're on the tide. 100.9 to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. We're so excited to get to it because we've got a lot to get into today. Maybe the biggest game, I don't know how many years, in Tuscaloosa and Alabama history. Game day is on site for the very first time in Tuscaloosa for the basketball game tomorrow. Tennessee, Alabama, oh, showdown number two, guys. And winner puts themselves in position to claim the first place overall position in the SEC. We got that to get into. Can the Tide get it done? Can the Tide hold serve? Right now they're in first place. They're in good shape, but Tennessee is surging and it's going to be a great one tomorrow at Coleman Coliseum. We got that to talk about. We've been talking a lot this week about the NFL Combine. Ten Alabama football players are there. Some have already ran. We talked a little bit yesterday about Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell. Uh, man, a lot of good interviews uh, from Terry on Arnold. Things he said. Want to get into some of that. Uh, I thought he had some great comments out there. We'll break down the NFL Combine, give you our thoughts. Uh, just to um, a little bit of news. Kool-Aid McKinstry will not uh, partake in uh, activities on the field at the Combine. He has an injury of the foot. Uh, we'll tell you more about that a little later on. And um, uh, unfortunate. But at the same time, it's, they said that he will be ready for the pro day uh, in Tuscaloosa. So he should be okay. Since 
Everybody else is saying, hey, I'm not doing anything anyway, so does it really even matter? So we'll talk a little bit more about that. I got a lot of haters on me right now. Mm. A lot of haters are on, on X right now telling me, oh, you're not consistent. South Carolina, as we look around the SEC, Shane Beamer, James Coley, he hired from Texas A&M as a wide receivers coach, uh, a coach that I felt like was a good, good uh, feel. Uh, he'd been at Georgia. He's been at uh, A&M. I think he was at Florida State or Miami, one of those schools down south. Uh, been an offensive coordinator. Now he ups and leaves as Georgia uh, McKenzie, uh, with the McClinton, uh, went down to Tampa Bay uh, to take an NFL job at coaching wide receivers. He was also the OC here at South Carolina. He's gone. So Coley said, hey, been here about three and a half weeks. We're out. We're going to Athens, Georgia. So now Shane Beamer has a, a, uh, <laughs> a job to do. He said today in his press conference, he was on the beach in the Bahamas and found out his wide receiver coach is out. And, uh, man, I don't even want to think about that, being on vacation and you getting a call, the coach saying, hey, I appreciate it, but uh, I'm out. $450,000, though, Georgia have to pay South Carolina, which is when you think about coaches buyout, son, that's probably ain't nothing. They probably got that in their pocket. How much, uh, let's see, $1,000, $2,000. They probably just, you know, pay South Carolina out of the pocket. So, But anyway, uh, we'll get to my thoughts on the guy that they replaced him with, who I said was a really, really good hire. I like it. I like it because he does a lot of different things for the program, and we'll get into some of that too as well on the show. I do believe, uh, Christian, that we have Josh Pate today. I asked yesterday about the immediate your mic at the end. You couldn't hear me. Did we have a time for him, or is that still going? Oh, to yeah, be... 12, 12 15. We'll have Josh Pate. About eight Hour minutes. number two. Oh, oh, okay. I'm thinking of my time. No, sir. So twelve fifteen Central Time. Yes, sir. We are in Alabama oh, here at Tide one hundred point nine. Yeah, I, well, I, well, but I'm, but I'm not here. I'm no, not I, I know, I'm I know, in South I know. Carolina. Well, so twelve fifteen you your you time would be eleven fifteen our time. Okay, thank you. So good, we're good. There you go. Josh Pate will join us to talk. Uh, some college football. Love to pick his brain on a lot of different things uh, here at Alabama and around college football in general. I just saw he had a nice sit down with one Kirby Smart. Uh, that was a that, uh, pretty good interview. Uh, so we'll hear from him in about seven minutes. So there you go. So go ahead. I'll let you uh, say some things because we're going to have to hit an earlier break today so we can get to Josh Pate. But, but you actually took the ex comment from the GOAT, GOAT Tia, <laughs> who I know she'd be one of the first people Daggum, jump on my no, X page. No, no, no. She's one of the first to defend you. To say, no, no, she defends me, but I'm just saying on this whole thing about the coach that I, I believe is a good hire. And I'm going to tell you why I don't have time to get in it right now because we've got a guest. But, you know, I'm consistent in what I say. You sure? Like, oh, you didn't say, you know, hey, you know, all the coaches at Alabama. Well, there's a reason why. There's a reason why I wasn't right. turning cartwheels like it. 85 percent of the people but um listen it, it is what it is i mean i got people oh you're not consistent you know you're not you're not giving alabama assistant coaches the same kind of love that you gave this guy it's you not know, necessarily the same kind of i mean it's like you're like tweeting with multiple exclamation points about like great endorsement like you're pumping sunshine yeah i mean that's, that's you're, you're said, pumping hey, you're, what a great hire who gives a damn what he said i mean like this one person he got receipts he got receipts what receipts I mean, he's proven the man on the man has earned his stripes. He 
He played with the guy. He's an NFL player. Dude, that's he one guy saying one thing. And just because you're a great player no, doesn't mean you'll make one. a great that's coach. That's the only one that that one had tweeted. And there was um, people that have played the game and that are that are you know I would say qualified to have a respectable opinion that said a lot of great things about a lot of the hires here as well. All we're saying is, and it's not I'm saying it's what they were saying on Twitter was that come on, bro. Like I mean, like look, like the guy is going probably going to be a phenomenal coach. I, I look because that's how I think. I'm like, look, he he's got a great background. I love that he's got a football background as a player. Playing, I think it was eight years in the NFL, uh, but as a coach, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to hold him to that same fire. I mean, he's been a head coach at, I do, I at Limestone twice, and then he was a receivers coach somewhere, and then he, uh, he was in the NFL in the, for four years. Yeah, he was in the NFL for three or four years he as left, a receivers he left coach. A, he left a coach, Mike Furry. By the way, let me just let me just go ahead and get into a little bit there. I didn't want to, do, but Mike Furry, who was in the NFL, who led the NFC in receiving one year, by the way, with ninety eight catches. Um, he is now the new wide receivers coach at the University of South Carolina, right? Yippee. And he was at Limestone, which is in Gaffney, South Carolina, <laughs> Division II school, which I don't put much stock into that, like the NAIA. None. But I put much stock in the man. And if you know that, what I feel about former players that has done it for a long time at the highest level and the fact that how he did it, where he came from as a free agent, having to go a different route. Right. The fact that when you're talking about development, the fact that you're talking about when you go out recruiting, that that means a lot when you have a guy that is, has been where these young people wants to go. A guy like Ryan Williams, when you see a guy that, that understands it, nobody can tell you better how and what to do, right? How to get there than a guy like Mike Furry. And, and so... Yeah, the first two years at Limestone wasn't great, but the last two years his record was very nice. So he's building a program. I think he had a couple other NFL guys on his staff. We're starting to see a little bit more of that. Deion Sanders right. is big and bringing former players in uh, because that's what these young guys want to do. So when I look at a Mike Furry versus the guy, you know, uh, right. Nick Sheridan. Carry on, carry on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at him dif- differently. That's all I'm saying. Um but my point is, when Dan Olowski, who I respect, who I think does a wonderful job of breaking down football, one of the best that there is, uh, you know, and he knows this guy, and other, others know this guy that we have companionships with in the league, I think, hey, that's a great endorsement. That's all I said. I never said he's going to yeah, be a Yeah, but you also or, use, like, three exclamation points. Like, just reading it, it just sounds, like, real giddy. Like, it's like, dude, come on now. Like, I mean, if you're going to have to wait. Yeah, like, I just said great endorsement. With exclamation three exclamation point. points, like a, like a child. Dan Olowski. Look, man, I don't have time. No, I, I, I don't even know about it. I don't know about the exclamation points. You did a bunch points. of exclamation points. I, I think if you just said great endorsement and left it at that, I just say what I want to say, and whatever the GOAT tier and who's listening on L.A., wherever she is, Sacramento, GOAT, I'm right. And when you, if yeah, you go listen you're right to about press comment, right. you listen to what he said about the development of these athletes, you would like it. Look, I, did, I and it, what did I preface with? I said I'm you just, sure he'll you be just a echo exactly what I was saying. No, yeah, I no, 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 no. I said I respect him that he played the game at a high level for a long time. I, I like former players as coaches, but I did say that doesn't necessarily mean okay they're going to be a phenomenal coach. I think he'll be a good coach. I think it's a good hire. However, I completely He's under- coached in the NFL too now for a long time, four years, which is like good. He had no big jobs. That's one. All we're so oh, look. I'm not going to say weird because all they were saying was that, look, you just make sure you're having that same energy for everybody. That's all that is. And I think that's very fair for them to say. Like I said, the three exclamation points. that I'm not going to lie. That came off as sunshine pumping, whether you like it or not. 
You pump some sunshine. Whatever. Y'all y'all are just hating. No, it's not. No, it's no, 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 no. If you're going to dish it, you got to be able to receive it, too. If you're going to dish, you got to be able to receive it, too. Which, speaking on that, I did uh, I actually, uh, I met Coach DeBoer yesterday. I'll talk about it later, but I got to speak with him for a little while. Uh, up at the complex, great guy had some really good conversations, and uh, we'll dive into that. But oh. we got, yeah, exactly. But we got uh, Josh Pate coming up in a couple minutes, so we're going to get to that. We got to take a quick time out. You're listening to the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 12:30 a.m. WTBC, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Again, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's Arch Sport Experts. We'll be right back. Josh Pate, come right up. Three sixty-five, twenty-four-seven. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. Sir, if you want to pay more, that's your business. If you want to save, that's our business. Tuscaloosa Hyundai, corner of Skyland and Hargrove. TuscaloosaHyundai.com. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cloudy, cool afternoon with periods of rain, the high 54. Tonight, rain ending this evening. The clouds will linger, the low 49. Turning much warmer tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. A few isolated showers are possible, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 48 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And welcome back into the Miller's Edge. This Friday edition of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 WTBC. Again, presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. We were now joined by 24-7 Sports National Football Analyst, Josh Pate. Josh, it's been a while, man. How are you? Yeah, well, I, that's what I want to know. How are y'all? Y'all have been the one with all the changes going on in your backyard down there. <laughs> oh, well, we got a lot to talk about with that, man. No, but we're, we're doing good, man. It's been it's been exciting. You know, I'll say as a, as a former player, it, de- it definitely... Caught me by surprise, starting with the retirement of Coach Saban. Um, I mean, just real quick. I mean, I, I'll tell you the, the the day when it happened. I literally was with you know people from the complex, coaches, and all that before the meeting. And when I tell you, none of them had any idea this was about to take place. Um, I mean, they were just going through the you know regular motions, and you know I was planning to uh, catch up with some guys afterwards, and boom, he just came out and <laughs> said he retired. So. Definitely caught a lot of us by surprise, but you know this, and this, you know, definitely getting some used to uh, getting used to kind of all the changes. But um, I'm kind of liking kind of what what's going on right now after kind of being up there and seeing kind of you know how things are coming along. But 
I definitely want to get your thoughts on that. I know you, you cover it and cover it closely. I guess I might as well start there. I mean, from your perspective, and I know you probably covered Coach DeBoer while he was at Washington, got to know a lot about him. I mean, what are your thoughts or what were your initial thoughts on the hire of Coach DeBoer and this new staff? Uh, my buddy Cole Kubelik always mocks me when I tell someone I think something is a home run hire. So I'm going to stay away from home run hire, but I really – look, I I love the guy. Um, I knew what was coming. So I don't mean I knew Coach Saban was retiring, but when he retired and that was um, what happened, I knew they were probably going after DeBoer. And mm. when they got him, I knew what was coming after that. And that was – you're going to hear a lot of people around the South not question the man's football acumen because that's kind of above reproach at this point, but you're going to inevitably have folks go with the route of, well, he's an outsider first off, and as a result, we don't know if he can recruit the South. And I, Look, here's the thing. We've seen guys who are from the South not be able to recruit the South. We've seen outsiders come in and be able to recruit the South. So obviously the pinpoint on the map of where you grew up is not the determining factor. I've always found that it boils down to a couple of things. Number one, do you know people? And notice I said, do you know people, not do you know people? In other words, do you have a relatability about yourself? Do you have a connectivity? Are you good at forming relationships? It's not about having inside intel and having hands that you've shaken before. That comes with time. Right. He's very good at that. You won't find anyone in the South actually better at that than him. And then the other part of it is you just got to be willing to roll your sleeves up and work hard and that's the part I think people are missing with him. In fact, they'll miss a couple of things with him. They'll think he lacks intensity because he's very, very serene and calm on the outside when he talks to media. And number two, you'll you'll doubt, therefore, or some people will doubt, that he's willing to work hard. Uh, he is an absolute grinder, no doubt about that, will never shy away from what it takes in terms of putting in the hours to recruit down here. And he's good with people. So if you've got those characteristics, you're going to be a good recruiter. Then when you put Alabama resources as the wind in your sails, proverbially, he's going to be fine there. And if you've got talent acquisition taken care of and you've got the on-field X's and O's acumen that he has and that staff will have, they're going to be good. That doesn't mean they won a national title this year, but I don't really expect uh, this, this precipitous drop-off. I think that maybe some in the preview magazine culture will expect this year, but mm -hmm. – We'll see. I mean, we're about to see it up in spring, so we'll see. Well, Josh, I'm I'm Corey Chris's dad. I'm old school. I'm old ten year old NFL veteran, so I'm going to take the whole home. That has really made me crazy with these coaching hires from people saying home run hires. Like everybody hired was a home run hire, and I didn't like it. And I'm one of the guys that I look at things a little differently. So I want to start right there. I, I don't have a problem with Caleb the board's hire. I think when you look at what he's done. As you just said, alluded to, you can't question what he's done as a coach, right? You can't question what he did at Washington uh, the two years he was there playing for a national championship last year. But I do have some questions, and I was fine with the offense, but then when, when, when Ryan Gruff left, when Huff left, you know, Joe Moore, award-winning offensive line coach, when you use, lose the offensive coordinator, guy that's been with him for a long time, and I know it's his offense, I start to have a problem because I, I did not – I'm not a fan of the Nick Sheridan hire. So you know th these guys more than I do. Maybe you can help me kind of reel it back. I thought there was better. I know why he hired him, but I thought there was better. That's just my outside looking in opinion. Yeah, um, so I agree with you. And so I did a little digging on that. And 
Grubb is the real deal, man. Like Ryan Grubb is really good. And it's just kind of, I guess, the nature of where the industry is today that you see guys. I mean, at Baylor right now, they're having the same conversation. We hired an offensive line coach, and two months later, he's gone to Alabama. What is this? So everyone's having that conversation right now. But with Ryan Grubb, uh, he was the real deal. And digging around a little bit, the the change that that probably triggers inside Alabama is it probably just means Kalen DeBoer calls his plays this year. And Nick Sheridan elevates to that OC position. And this is not anything I've gotten from inside Alabama. I want to stress that. This is just kind of the feel I've gotten from digging around a little bit. It's probably DeBoer's show in terms of play calling this year. Last year at Washington, he probably did a lot of that on third down. But standard downs probably was a lot more in Ryan Grubb's hands. And it's something he's comfortable doing. It's something he's done before. Um, so I actually, in a roundabout way, think the loss of Huff as the O-line coach was the bigger blow to them because you've got a guy at head coach so adept in calling plays, and it is his offense. I think the O-line hire was the one I was really looking forward to seeing pan out there. And now that he moved on and they hire a guy who, to us, is a relatively unknown commodity from Baylor, that's actually the position group outside of quarterback, which is obvious, that I'll have as close an eye on as anything in spring uh, because that's a that's a unit I think underperformed massively for them last year. And maybe it's just because people like me had expectations that were too high, in which case that's my fault. But I um, that was the unit I was excited to watch, and I still am. I just don't know as much about the guy they brought in from Baylor as I did about Huff. Well, and I, I don't think it's your fault for having those expectations, Josh, because if we're being realistic, you know, we had our offensive linemen being representatives at media days, and they were kind of putting it out there in the media, like, hey, we want to get back to the Alabama standard. We want to, you know, be the tone setters up front. And then they, they all weighed 350-plus pounds, so I think it was fair to kind of have those expectations. So I don't think that's on you. I think a lot of people did. But I, I agree. I do think that, that Huff probably was the bigger loss just because – um, I was really excited to see what he could do with this offensive line. Nonetheless, I mean, I've heard some really good stuff about Coach Cap that they brought in. And going back to Coach DeBoer, I was uh, up there at the complex yesterday, and I got to meet him. He came over and introduced himself, and um, extremely, extremely likable guy. I mean, very, uh, you know, comfortable to talk to, very open and, and welcoming. Um, and, hell, I mean, when I tell you, you know, it kind of was like, all right, I mean, he might not be from down here, but – uh, he seems like one of the most genuine coaches because I know a lot of these SEC coaches from when I was getting recruiters being around the game. And he's easily one of the most genuine guys I've been around. And I just know personally as a recruit, that would go a long way for me uh, getting to talk to him about that. So uh, I, I did want to point that out there. But uh, I want to ask you about a guy like Jalen Milrow. I mean, we're already seeing some clips of him throwing the football. His mechanics look a lot better right now. A lot of people are getting really excited. But um, how do you think he fits into this this new scheme with Coach DeBoer? I mean, from what I've seen, uh, both in person and then just kind of watching them, I mean, it's, it's definitely, in my opinion, an upgrade, right? I mean, they do so many different things. Um, and and it, from what I've heard, they like to adjust their, you know, basically their scheme to their talent. How do you see him fitting in this offense? And do you see him, you know, really taking that next step under a guy like Coach DeBoer? I've got very little doubt he'll take a next up and that's not even independent of Jalen Milrow every quarterback on that roster will mm -hmm. uh, because DeBoer's done that everywhere he's gone I mean quarterback progression has been something that's happened everywhere he's gone and in some cases you know he's taking guys like Penix who he knew once upon a time as a young kid at Indiana then he goes and ends up at Washington and he gets Penix to come to Washington 
And I mean, Michael Penix's career was like littered with inconsistency and injury. And all of a sudden he goes to Washington. And if you didn't have eyeballs, if you just looked at the stat sheet, you would never convince yourself that was the same player. And I know that not a lot of people were watching Fresno State football. Not a lot of people were watching him up in the Dakotas. But he has bled every ounce of potential out of every quarterback that he's coached. So you're going to get that out of Jalen Milrow. Um, I, I watched the same videos you guys probably did yesterday, watching 315-pound clean and jerk and then go out there and throw the ball around, which I would love to be able to do right now, by the way. I got a little tinge in my back, and I'm sitting there watching that happen. <laughs> and uh, that's like watching an alien work out in February, yeah. yeah. But um, I, I think it's very, it's very reasonable uh, to expect Milrow to play the best football you've seen him play thus far. Now, that, that goes a little ways. Going a lot further will be, okay, how does that mesh with the rest of the offense? How does that mesh with his supporting cast and who steps up? I, I look, everybody's got the freedom to do whatever they want to. I watch guys leaving this team at the wide receiver position and just scratch my head. Because you could not, as a receiver, have handpicked a better head coach to take over your program than the guy who just came in the door. And there are a lot of guys that are about to massively improve their stock if they do nothing more than buy in to what they've just brought in there tied in room anyone offensively uh, it stands to massively up their profile and their stock not to mention being on a winning team that i'm really excited to watch it but Milrow is the definition of a program guy as well and so that gives folks outside maybe another reason to be excited to watch it no doubt about it. Josh Pate, host of the Late Kick Live, the Late Kick Podcast, National College Football, CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ joins us here on the Miller's Edge. Let's flip the script to the other side because, again, I'm going to deal with more of the concerns. You know, it's Alabama. I see my son go there as a four-star. I've seen all the five-stars. I've seen Nick do his thing. 17 years, I mean, you love it. And I'm that guy that says, you know what, I don't think anybody can just come in and replace a legend. You know, you, you see what he's done uh, with defenses, right? And you get Kane Womack, that's now the new defense coordinator, coming over from South Alabama. Everybody wants to talk about the four-two-five, which we know is just nickel defense, right, which Alabama did a lot of in, like in the last five years, right, pattern matching and all that out the zones. When you look at Kane, who sat with Nick Saban a couple of times uh, this week and last week, what do you expect with the change? I kind of like the fact that, He'll utilize the athletes that we haven't seen Nick do before, right? Nick is more of old school. I think you're going to see more of that defensively. What do you expect from this defense? Um, it's tough to know in year one what the philosophy is when anyone takes over a new coordinator position. So the reason I say that is I always ask guys this. Like when you're a new coordinator somewhere, not to mention a new head coach, but I'm specifically talking about coordinators. I always ask guys, how much of your system were you able to get installed and run in year one? Some of them say we got it all installed. We ran it and we had ups and downs, but we ran it. Other ones say we had no illusions given the constraints on time that we have that we could get our entire system put in year one. And so we did as much as we could, and then we felt we had it all in, and everyone was meshed into it year two. Well, with this, you were talking about how you're looking to maybe mesh what Kane Womack does to what is already understood around there, and terminology, try to change as little of it as possible. And I understand why they would do that. 
I also wonder if you know Kane's way of doing things just schematically kind of aligns with what they have done there historically. I mean, because when you look at base front, it hasn't. But at the same time, all these guys run such multiple systems that they always work out a different number, odd and even fronts anyway. And I really wonder, like, when I hear, okay, I met with Coach Saban and we went over this and that, I'd love to get as detailed as possible on that. Now, a lot of it could make my head swim, but I'd still love <laughs> to hear it. I'd love to be exposed to it because what it would do from a 50,000-foot perspective is it would let someone like me know, okay, is this Kane Womack system, or is he coming up here knowing who recruited this roster, who developed this roster, who's still next door in an office and saying, hey, while I've got access to that, well, let me try and mold myself as much as possible too. And I think spring will be valuable for that because we'll get a better feel on that, better read on that. Then you start to slowly pencil in the expectations of who fits where, who's custom made for this thing, how different they're going to look. And right now, my best guess on that's a wait and see approach. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see this defense in spring because just what I know about Kane's defense, the biggest difference is just their coverage philosophies. They don't really pattern match, just real zone based and. You know, they got that swarm D identity. So we'll see, but I'm excited. But hopefully he does take some influences from Coach Saban because I think if he could kind of, you know, mend some of those things in there, I, th I think it could be very valuable. Josh, before we let you go, and I appreciate you hopping on with us, man. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts just real quick on uh, the on three sports. They, they had a tweet that talked about the helmet communication, the tablets on the sideline at halftime and two-minute warning, those things being added to college football. I think those are great additions. I think they're much needed. I know Coach Saban has been a big advocate for helmet communication what are your thoughts on those things being added to college football helmet communication is good two minute warning the joke uh only because <laughs> it's being added for obvious reasons so now let's get past the two minute warning thing to the helmet thing i uh i talked to a few head coaches about this this week and there was a big fight behind the scenes about this right up until the moment it was passed really and it wasn't about whether to have the helmet communication or not the biggest fight was how many helmets to have equipped with comms on the field at the same time in the nfl you got the one and one right. and as far as i can tell that's what most coaches wanted but i don't think it will come as a giant shock to you that there were some offensive guys out there pushing to have several different helmets mike maybe one in each position group get five or six of them out there mike um, because at that point you're just basically playing video games as a head coach with real life people out there. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> a little much it. <laughs> it's like you, you might as well have a controller in your hand and um <laughs> there were enough offensive guys pushing for that that there were there were I mean there were some coaches who flew up there to Indianapolis for that rules committee meeting yesterday ready to fight about that and they got it passed ultimately I think it's with the one and one so it is the NFL model but um, it's it's surprising it took until 2024 for that to happen but then again it's college football no one's in charge so maybe it's not a surprise. Joshua, quickly before we let you go, I, yeah, I wanted, I saw your interview with Kirby Smart, and of course I'm a Gamecock, that's where I graduated from, and, and I'm an alum. Uh, we just lost, you know, Mike Foley, who came from Texas A&M to be the wide receivers coach here at South Carolina. Not here a month, Coach Shane Beamer said I was on the beach in the Bahamas, get a call, he's out going to Georgia, Kirby calls him, and, but he brings in the guy, you know, that a lot of people may not know about, Mike Furry, and They've been blasting me on Twitter because, you know, I'm on them about pump, uh, sunshine pumping the coaches at Alabama. And I just said, because Dan Olowski said, you know, great hire. And I said, yeah, with exclamation points, uh, he has receipts. 
Do you know much about Mike Furrier? I heard his interview, man. I love what he said. Former player, how he came through the ranks of getting to the National Football League. I know this is the second time at Limestone here in Gaffney, South Carolina. I mean, they give me a hard time, but a guy like that has played the game at the high level, done it the right way. When you're talking about development, when you're talking about recruiting and going in the living room to a wide receiver like Mazio Bennett from the Greenville area that South Carolina has now, that has to make a big difference. Oh, no. I, what I know about him is I know they are excited about it internally. Like, they seem more excited about it than they did at the addition of Coley. Now, if it gives you any comfort, I was over there in the building at Georgia the other day, and that was after Del McGee had left and gone to Georgia State as the new head coach there. And they're, they're having a fight with Del McGee because he's trying to take half of Georgia's assistance. So, yes, Georgia swiped one from South Carolina, but they were, they were getting raided just as quickly. So, that's the, again, that is the nature of the business now as late as February and early March. But I heard what Shane Beamer said about him, uh, the, new, the new addition up there. And so it seems like they like him a lot. I'd be lying to you if I said I had a, a multiple-page-deep profile on the guy. So I'm going to blindly have to go off their word before we see actual production put on the field. Yeah, yeah he, he's a guy that's done, done, you know, he's an NFL guy, and we like guys because, you know, that's played the game. doesn't mean they're all going to be great coaches. I'm not that guy. But he's been around for a while and coached in the National Football League. And, and um, you know, I, I like Foley hire. I thought that was great, but – it, you know, I'm Coley. just shocked what college football <laughs> didn't is. didn't even but, know his uh, name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. But um, but my point is this. Uh, you know, college football, what Josh was saying, is, is these coaches, like, they leave and they take everybody with them. Or most, I mean, that's a problem. I and mean, we've seen this effect just happen. I mean, you know, what happened to Sean Elliott at Georgia State, right? He came back to South Carolina as a head coach. I mean, these guys just, I mean, Alabama has two head coaches on their staff. It's, it's, to me, it's terrible for the game. That's just my opinion. Well, the other thing is, you cannot be sitting there complaining about players moving all over the place while you're doing the same right. thing. And I'm not, I'm not even someone who sits there and makes it an apples-to-apples apples comparison. I know coaches have contracts, and there are buyouts paid, so there is a penalty that's written on a piece of paper. If I go somewhere before my contract's up, I know that happens. But I'm just saying, broad strokes purposes, when, when you're going to sit there and tell me, hey, I just want to know who's going to be on my roster any given year. Like, that's what Kirby said to me the other night. I just want to know who I'm going to have on my roster any given year. Well, you don't know who you're going to have on your coaching roster either because, <laughs> I mean, guys in that profession are moving around just as much, and I'm, I'm all for it. I'm just saying if you want to stop one, you might want to fix it on your side of the fence before you call for it to be fixed on the other side. I think that's a pretty fair take regardless of which side you fall on that particular debate. Oh, I agree 100%. Agree. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is honestly, they, hopefully they get some stuff cleaned up. I don't know, though. I, I guess I saw the ruling with the Tennessee thing, and it sounds like, you know, Tennessee's kind of getting the upper hand there, which sounds like it's still free game with all this. So NIL coaches leaving, players leaving. I mean, the whole thing is a circus. But we'll see if people get cleaned up. Like you said, there's not really any, any order right now in college football, but hopefully that changes soon. But. Uh, Josh, man, we appreciate you joining us, man. And before we let Thank you go, you so much, Josh. Yeah, man, let let everybody uh, know how they can you know, find you and hear all your stuff. Even though I know everybody knows Josh, the big name in the business, but go ahead and plug it. No, I appreciate you guys. I always love coming on. Uh, you can find our show anywhere. Late Kick with Josh Pate. You can find it. If you want it on YouTube? You can find it there. Any kind of podcast feed, you can find it there. And I have it on fairly decent authority that I'll probably be down in Tuscaloosa within the next month, so I'll probably just see you guys in person at that point. At least one of you. 
I yeah. don't know if Corey wants to make the drive all the way well, down. Right, there, no, no, no. If you coming down, I'm coming because right now they let they letting everybody in the building at, at, at Mount Moore, so <laughs> I, they should let me in there. <laughs> this dude here, man. <laughs> we'll kidding, definitely man. have to get together, Josh. Man, I appreciate it again. And, uh, yeah, let's make that happen when you're in town. I appreciate it, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. Josh right, Thanks, Pete, Josh. Man. 24-7 Sports, National College Football Analyst. Always a pleasure having him on here. He also comes on some other shows. But You know that was funny when I said that, Rob. What? No, you, 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 I know you're talking about all the whole the access and stuff. I know it was funny. Look, yeah. I, I know it was funny. Relax, man. I just was laughing. No, but here's the thing, man. Why are you going to well, ask? I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to see, you know. I'm going to see. Uh, I just told you. I, I like his show. I was up there. No, Josh's show is great. No, I was saying that, dude, the people at the complex, yeah, was, man, he, are, he are great. He does homework, man. man. He does. And my, my old radio partner, J.C. Sherbert, who comes on with Wimp and Barry. You know, we had our show here in Columbia, South Carolina, who was, a, you know, J.C. was over, yeah. uh, recruiting for a long time with ESPN. A good friend with Josh, too. So, so he, he speaks nothing but, but great things about Josh. Never met him in person, so I look forward to uh I like it, guys. I like it. He's very opinionated, strong, and, he, and you know what? His, he does his he does his homework, and that's what you got to do. So I really appreciate that. Absolutely, always. All right, let's take a quick timeout, real quick. Before we do that, we're going to remind you about our good friends over at Alumni Hall in Tuscaloosa. It's in Midtown Village, folks. You got the big game coming up: Tennessee, Alabama game day tomorrow. Coleman Coliseum. Make sure you have all the right fits and apparel. Go ahead and head to Alumni Hall in Tuscaloosa in Midtown Village right now to go get that that hat. T-shirt, jacket, jersey, whatever you need to go show your support for Alabama. Vest. Got to get a vest, Or a vest. Man. Yeah, a vest. nice vest. Head on over to Alumni yeah. Hall. Or if you're out of town, don't worry. You can always go to alumnihall.com for the ultimate Crimson Tide fan shop. Again, Alumni Hall, proud sponsor of this show. All right, taking a quick timeout. Again, that was Josh Pate. Thanks for his time. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Be right back. Coming up up. on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of The Game, presented by Brian Harden Construction. We'll do a free-for-all Friday. We'll do a little score prediction with Alabama, Tennessee. We'll feature Brett Norsworthy. We'll talk to Brent Beard. All starting at 2 p.m. here on The Game on Tide 100.9-1230. WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports. GA, don't wait. Treatments are available. Ask a retina specialist about FDA-approved treatments for GA and go to gawontwait.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cloudy, cool afternoon with periods of rain, the high 54. Tonight, rain ending this evening. The clouds will linger, the low 49. Turning much warmer tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. A few isolated showers are possible, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 49 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. And we're back here at the Miller's Edge. Friday, yay, yay, baby. It's Friday. Rocking and rolling on Tide 100.9, AM WTBC. Again, many, many thanks to Josh Pate, Late Kick Josh, podcast and live. Uh, Join us here. A lot of great things he had to say. And as a church, when a preacher finished preaching, 
What say you? It's time to respond. 205-342-9904. That's 205-342-9904. That's the number for the program. Love to hear your thoughts on some of the things that we talked about with Josh. If you're in the mood, don't forget to download the free Tide app. You can ask your questions right there. Um, you kind of, I think you kind of agree with me, Christian, about the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that makes sense. I, I think yeah. pretty when you say he was green, I didn't say anything bad. I was just been real. I wait, was just wait, like, wait, I was wait, wait, wait. Pro offense. Let me finish. I was pro offense. You asked a question, and then when you lose, <laughs> let me, I ain't finished. Yet. No, you literally finished. okay. All right, dude, you literally asked me a question, but carry on. Thank you for <laughs> age rules. Um, so I think you agree when with you me, lose Christian, Gruff, right? when when you lose Gruff, when you lose Huff, Huff and Grub. Run. Huff and Grub, Gruff Rub, whatever the name is. Jesus. Um, they go to Seattle to play to coach for the Seahawks. That's a big part of your offense. It, it it makes you worried, right? Grub and Huff. Right. So my thing is that is more of the reason. I don't have a problem with the wide receiver coach. I think uh, just from the outside looking in, I think he motivates. I think he has a good rapport, relationship with the, the wide receivers. I can see that, right? He, what he had last year, when you look at their team play, their wide receivers were the, the dominant group. And, and so I can see that. I don't have a problem with that. But as he said, I, I can see coach calling the plays, Kalen Abor, because I don't think he just throws him the keys and says, hey, bro, you've been around for a minute. You know, I'm training you. I'm, I'm building you up. Here you go. No, 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 no. If this is really his offense, this is a situation I think the best situation would be for him to call the place and kind of train him, let him do all the ins and outs of being an offensive coordinator. But he's got to have the Andy Reid play sheet, right? And he's got to have the thing to be like, I'm calling the place. Now, it might be games. He says, okay, I'm going to take a back seat. Western Kentucky. We'll get you some practice. We'll get you some, you know, some, <laughs> I don't want to say that. We'll get some time to, to call some plays against Western Kentucky, but I'm driving this car, and I think that's what we're going to see. And, and maybe maybe we will see that, but I think people are just diving too deep into it, if I'm being completely honest with you. I mean, coaches have headsets where they communicate on the sidelines, right? Like, if, if, if Nick is calling the plays, DeBoer is hearing everything, right? They're in constant communication. Now, you know this. You played the game. Other people might not know that. But it's not, there's no issue for him to, to veto something or to him to. So I, I think I think we're, look, I do agree that Coach DeBoer should have a heavy influence involved, just given that Nick is not the most experienced as a, as a play caller. I know he had the experience at Indiana, but let's just be honest. This is Alabama. You know, these are, they've got uh, a pretty heavy schedule. Right? I'd probably feel more confident having Coach DeBoer more involved, whether he's completely calling the plays or not. But they also did say the only thing I'll not argue but just throw out there is that, look, when they were on that podcast earlier, they said that Coach DeBoer pretty much was talking about that, hey, I let my guys kind of, you know, you know, do their job. It almost was like he was implying that he is going to let Nick do his job. But then it sounded like I think Nick was almost implying or somebody was implying that, you know, you know, multiple people will be involved because, again, remember, they gave, you know, Jamarcus Shepard co-offensive coordinator as well. So if I'm if I had to guess, because I, I feel like I have a good idea how this stuff works, multiple people will be involved. Now, who's specifically calling the plays, I guess, as to be determined. But it's not like Nick Sheridan is the he's the O.C. He's calling all the shots. Hell no. I know you got Jamarcus Shepard, who's going to be heavily involved. 
right? You've got Coach DeBoer who's going to be heavily involved. And then I think they'll figure out game day situations, just like on defense, right? Just like it's Coach Saban's defense. He's heavily involved, but like he told you, he can veto. He's not calling the plays, but he can veto any play. That's how it worked. And then when it came to, you know, designing game plans, it was Coach Saban, it was Pete Golding, it was all different types of coaches involved, right? That's how, at least that's how they did it here prior. Now, this staff might be different, but that's typically how things work. I just, like I said, I, I'm just, I'm, I feel better knowing that Coach DeBoer is in this, you know, the overseer, right? Again, I, I don't want to sit there and just keep talking about, you know, Nick Sheridan, oh, we're, we're concerned. This is a totally different situation, so I'd like to see kind of how it goes. And that's what's going to happen. They're going to see how it goes. I'm telling you right now, if things aren't going great on either side of the ball, they're going to make changes, right? Because at the end of the day, it's Coach DeBoer who's going to have the last say, and he is, everything's going to fall on him. He's the head coach. So if something's not working out, I can guarantee you that he's going to make some changes. If the defense isn't panning out how they thought, I can promise you they will probably have a new coordinator in there. And I'm not saying it's going to be the case. I'm just saying people have to remember Next year? So are you saying there's going to be a short leash? It's not not necessarily just a short leash, but I'm just saying, like, this is Alabama, and they know that if things aren't going smooth, yeah, they're not going to – they're not afraid to make changes. The people that's – that sunshine pumping right now will be the first one that's turning on you. And how's the mistake? Again, again I mean, I don't know why there's so, so much. Oh, the sunshine. So I don't care about other people. Just like people like are taking that, like the Jalen Milrow throwing clip. Did you see that yet? It was a quick little clip, yeah. clip of him throwing after their, their workouts yesterday. Um, like one throw. Right. Now, does saw. it do his mechanics kind of look a little smooth in that pic, in that video? Yeah, they do. But people are overanalyzing it, saying he's going Heisman season load and all that. And I get that's their excitement. That's what's going to happen when they go to practice next week. And that's I, and I, I, and I know. Saying. And I was going to tell you, I was going to say, this is what he's talking about. We get it. But, again, that's their right. They can be excited. The people that understand that that's not uh, does not paint the whole picture. You know what I'm saying? You can't even really see where the ball ended up. For All we know, it could have gone in the grass. Not saying that's the case. I'm, I'm just saying, realistically, people are going to get excited about this stuff, and that's yes, that's going to happen. I just choose not. I just if people want to do that, let them do that. I, it just it doesn't affect me. I'm just going to keep covering. But but anyway, no. Speaking of that, being up there yesterday was was fun. Talking to Coach DeBoer, great dude, man. Um, he said he's going to come on the show, so we'll get him on here soon. And um, he even offered to you know, you know let because it was me and Byron Young. Byron Young was up there working out. He did part of fourth quarter, and. Uh, yeah, he even all he said, "Hey, man, you guys are welcome. Any you know, welcome anytime. Love having you guys. If you got any words or, or things you want to share to the team, we'd love to have you." So I I, I really um, appreciated our conversation. I appreciated him coming, and introducing himself, and just being uh, so open. You know, and it was it was awesome. I, I want to brag on him. You know, he actually you know he was talking to Byron. Byron's with the Raiders, and I'm not trying to sit there and talk about everything we're talking about, but I think this is good uh, kind of a testament to who he is, right? You know. He was asking, you know, I don't questions. Think about a question as a person. No, 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 they don't. But I'm just saying, I thought this was this was awesome. You know, he he was asking Byron questions about, you know, his first year in the league, and you know, they had Josh McDaniels. Obviously, that situation didn't go great. But then Antonio Pierce came in, and things kind of turned around. He was he was actively asking questions about that, like what caused all that turmoil turmoil with the first coach. What you know, what helped Antonio Pierce get got. So it just showed me. That he is—he's genuine. He seriously wants to learn and grow, even as a coach. And he's taking this opportunity very serious, and, and he's very appreciative uh, and, and wants to learn. And so I just wanted to brag on that because I thought that was awesome, man. And so that like stuff like that to me, I'm like, man, that just shows, man. He's a humble guy, very respectable, and uh, I, I'm excited. So 
Just wanted to put that out yep. there, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be happy to get him on the show when he uh, has some time. 205-342-9904. At least he's better than some people that works there. Let's talk to Ellis. <laughs> Ellis, welcome in, brother. Welcome into the program. How y'all doing this morning? Doing well, Ellis. Doing great, my friend. How are you? You got some tickets? Oh, doing just fine. Did what? Did you find a ticket, Ellis? No, I never did. Like I said, I've looked through all them sites and hollered at people on them sites. They're just they're too expensive. Like two hundred dollars and more, and it's just I ain't gonna pay two hundred dollars. I don't blame you there. Now I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to two hundred dollars. You can get you a nice steak, couple of dope beverages you can get if steak you're into and that. You can I mean, get you, a few you can go things, buy you a nice sweater vest at Alumni Hall and probably have them overnight it to you, and you still have about fifty dollars left. Yes, and you got to wear white tonight. You're down there, so. If you're not got white when you get there, you better go to Longmount Hall and get you something white. That's with Alabama. Exactly right. That's exactly. Wait, wait. You oh, said you white out. Wait, wait. Is it we're talking about for the basketball it's game? A white out. Yeah, it's a white out. Okay, I, I'm Why glad not? you informed me on that because I would have showed up. I like wearing black. Yeah, you better go get. You better go by the Alumni Hall. You, you got anything white? Can you wear white, young man? Uh, old man, I got a closet full of Alabama <laughs> gear. So uh, trust me. I <laughs> look. <laughs> but if I want, if I'm getting something new, then I want to, I want to step out with something new. Then I'm gonna definitely go to Alumni Hall without a doubt. I would be wearing something new. If it was me, I would be wearing something fresh, right? I'm, I, you know, my drip gonna be tight. I mean, it's Tennessee, it's game day. Like when you gotta be fresh. I'm gonna be fresh. All gotta right. be fresh. Maybe, you know maybe, maybe, maybe I'm gonna run by Alumni Hall. I gotta stop by the pet store. I got a new puppy coming. You today, can't be so. wearing an old Alabama A logo. Uh, you know. No, hold on, hold on. Uh, I don't have any. It's not old, Russell, old, Russell old, Athletic old, shirt. Whoa, whoa. It's, first of all, this is nice quality, officially licensed, just like at Alumni Hall gear from Alabama. So you know, the, the, listen, it's nice. I got plenty of it. Dude, I was here five years, man. You know how much gear I got, and I'm one of those. I, 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 I look, look, I'm not a hoarder. But when it comes to stuff like that, memorabilia, things that I feel like uh, have significant, you know, meaning to me like that, I tend to keep it. So I've got plenty of apparel. You do. I do. So, but yeah. Ellis, I, I promise, I told you yesterday, I'm going to try to pull some strings. Now, I kind of ran into a hiccup because I, I had some unexpected guests coming down to Tuscaloosa because I thought I was going to oh, have an extra. Lord. It's not my, no, 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 don't blame me. I, blame two checks. <laughs> I promise you, I was thinking, I thought I was going to have an extra because normally I, I should have an extra, but my brother actually, he brought uh, another friend down with him. So I might need to see what I can do because I'm not going to lie. I think I might need to find another one now. So uh, I'm going to get your, leave your number with, uh, with Wyatt, if you don't mind, right. when you hang up. And then if I can figure it out by this evening, because I know you got to have... Well, actually, it's a night game. Hell, I could probably get back with you tomorrow morning then. Yeah, tips off at 7. Oh, hell. No, uh, wait. I, all right, I'll try. I, well, yeah. he needs to drive. He's got to drive from Tennessee. Okay, the game he tips off to, at the 7. The earlier the better. I know, but the earlier the better so you can make plans. That's all I'm saying. But what I'm saying is <laughs> if I don't get it figured out by tonight... I don't want to tell him no because it might figure out tomorrow morning. He still can make that. Why? How far you I got this handle, man. Three hours. It's a three-hour drive. Oh, you got time. You got time. See, look at you. Oh, yeah. You're trying, you're trying, you're you're trying to run Ellis off, man. I'm trying. I'm still trying to work him <laughs> and figure it out. You're trying to trying to kill the dream, man. No, you're. Yeah, Ellis, look, see, look, 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 look,
if there was South Carolina LSU with my game, you I tell you to come on, right? You don't need no ticket because you walking in with me, and we walk in the back door, and we get. I'm telling you, that's how it would work, and I take you upstairs to the box. That's how I roll. That's how C. Mill roll. Now, Christian, talking about a ticket. You know, big time. Now, right? You come to Columbia, South Carolina, you could uh, you see what I'm talking about? I ain't worried about yeah, no ticket. Yeah, I'm pulling in, and you know. My ticket was yeah, so I guess he might as well just go be the governor of, of South Carolina now. He's so important. No, I just there. want to get in the games free. I want to be getting. I want to get in any sporting event anytime that I want to go. I but told I the softball it. game was was very generous. Go, and gave me a season me, pass. I mean, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I feel like I got you know good connections. I mean, take care, Ellis. If if not, I call Nados myself and get you a ticket. That's cap. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank hey, you. I'm, watch, watch I get Ellis a ticket, then you're going to be like, you think Oh, no, please do, because you're running your mouth a whole lot. <laughs> no, please do. Let, 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 Friday, let me see baby. it happen. I'm sure they love it's to give Friday, the, the, I love, they love to give the guy who consistently calls people sunshine pumpers a free ticket. Yeah, let's see. We'll, we'll oh, see, right, see that happen. I just, no, I just love y'all, too, because it's so much. You get a lot of <laughs> meat and potatoes here, but when y'all cut up together like this, I just love it. I, I got to I gotta hold him accountable, Ellis. I can't let him sit here and, and run around like, you know, a chicken's head cut off. He'd be, he be getting out there. I got to reel him back in, Ellis. I'm not afraid to do that. See, look, he, people, he's there. Oh, like reel him back in like a big old Lord Moth bass. That's exactly right. Reel him back in like that big hey, seven, Ellis, eight pound bass. I am texting right now. As we speak, I'm texting about tickets for you right now. And they're going to block his number. They're going to be, oh, it's the pastor of pessimism. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like that guy. Never heard of him. Get him out of here. He's a game card. Uh, okay. I'm not worried. Y'all were talking about the coaches mm -hmm. uh, earlier with Josh Pate. I'm not, like, worried to death about it, but, you know, I am concerned from what it was with who we had first to who we got now. You know, but uh, and I and I and I think that's fair. I mean, I mean, you're going from Chris, a guy. Chris, who, let me do this. I'm in the cut you off. Go put Elvis on hold. Elvis, I'm gonna put you on hold. We're gonna come back back to you. Let us get this hour top of the hour break in. I'll bring you right back up. Okay. All right. So why why I, we I put mean, you on hold? We'll get the basketball conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because the music's been playing. We hit the top of the hour break. Want to stay on time right here. Come back. We'll finish up with Elvis. More of your phone calls. Two five three four two. Nine minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner too. Birmingham Racecourse Casino off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Must be 21 or older. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. WTBC Tuscaloosa From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Golf season now in full swing as we're now in the Cognizant Classic. It's the second round over in a Palm Beach Gardens, and it's Victor Perez at the top of the leaderboard. He is 10 under par through two rounds, although he does have one hole to go in round number two. He is currently six under four today. 
Kevin Yu is in second place. He is at nine under, four under for the round. He has completed his second round of golf. David Skins, Austin Eckrote tied at eight under and each two under for today, although Eckrote still has only played through six holes of golf this afternoon. College hoops on Friday night. Only two ranked teams on the schedule. Number 21, Dayton, will face Loyola Chicago in an Atlantic 10 showdown that'll take place at 9 Eastern. And coming up at 11, Air Force and number 22, Utah State, will square off in Logan. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Hour number two, we're rocking and rolling here on a rainy Friday, at least here in Columbia, South Carolina, Alabama, getting ready to take on Tennessee for the right to be in first place. Game day, I'm sure they're roaming around Tuscaloosa, all the nice lunch spots right now, trying to eat some good food, barbecue, maybe smoking a nice cigar at R&R Cigars. Hey, Reese Davis, hey, Jay Billis and the gang, if you want to smoke a cigar, Go by R&R Cigars, 2703 6th Street. Reagan and Randy will take good care of you. You've got private rooms. You don't want to deal with the public or don't want to take pictures and autographs. You need to be, you know, put away in the room. Well, they got that for you with recliners, flat screen TVs throughout the mansion. Adult beverage drinks, if you need one, get you one of those. They got that available for you. So go see Reagan, see Randy. Tell them you heard about it right here on the Tide 100. The Miller's Edge, R&R Cigars, 2703 6th Street. They will take good care of you. If you're not in the area, you need to get some cigars, victory cigars for tomorrow. And as you drive down, we'll go online if you want. We'll go and order them. They'll have them right there ready for you. Or if you need them to overnight, ship them to you. They can do that for you, too, as well. as R&RCigars.com. Let's bring Ellis back up. We're kind of cutting up, joking, doing this call. I didn't want to cheat him on his time. He's talking about what we said about the coaches. Uh, Ellis, go right ahead. I, I didn't want to cheat you in your time, man. Oh, that's all right. It's just, you know, uh, you know, I agree with y'all, you know, about that, you know, from you, like you said, from who we had, a uh, person that we, you know, kind of knew to uh, somebody that has really not really even done it. So, you know, but uh, we'll see how it turns out, you know. Uh, yeah. So y'all think he'll yeah, call his own plays? Yeah. So you think the, uh, I mean, the one I don't. I honestly, I think he'd be well served to do, call the plays. My opinion. I mean, he he said that he, that's not really going to be the case, or at least that's what he implied. But I mean, my thing is, even if he's not necessarily calling them, coaches are in constant communication on the headsets. Okay, so you got the head coach on the line, coordinator on the line. You've got analysts on lines. I mean, there's guys in the the booth online, like. Everybody's in constant communication, right? Typically how it works is the coordinator is one calling. Like, let me speak for defense at least, right? The defensive coordinator, at least how we did it, he's calling it, but Coach Saban is hearing every single freaking thing in that headset, okay? You've got guys in the booth that are that have that bird's eye view. They're go, they're saying with the personnel that they got, the guys are coming in, right? They're saying the formation. They're saying all these things, down and distance. Like, this, like there's so many things that go in. Is people, I think, just think, okay, they're just calling plays. Hell no. Like, there's, there's literally scripts that have you know down and distance situational things hey it's 
it's third and whatever, right? But then you're you're in the red zone. You know, you're in the fringe. Like all those things matter. And so people are, are actively listening, communicating. So what I'm saying is I'm sure he'll probably give him a chance to do that. If he's not doing great, maybe Coach DeBoer starts taking over. Maybe he says, hey, Jamarcus Shepard might. I'm just saying right now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, like, I understand completely if you're saying, okay, it is a, it's, a, it's a tough loss having Grubb and Huff leave. You know, I agree 100%. I mean, that, that's completely fair. Grubb was highly sought after. And, and rightfully so. I mean, he's garnered his own reputation for being uh, a very respected play caller in college football. So, yeah, man, coach, coach tried to hire yeah. him. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, Nick so Saban was start. trying to get him. And supposedly Georgia was trying to hire him. Like, everybody was yeah. going after him. So, they, I, I get that. But I also think it's fair just to say, all right, let's see, see what see what uh, Coach Sheridan does. He's going to have uh, a good supporting cast still, Coach DeBoard, Mark, Jamarcus Shepard, all those guys. And uh, then you got the new offensive line coach who who's going to be probably responsible for some of the run game coordinating. Like, just let these guys kind of gel and mesh. That's why I think spring will be important. It'll kind of give everybody thinks just about the players in spring. But you got to remember, it's really important for these coaches. This is their first time working together, right? When they do those scrimmages and things at practice when they're doing those team periods, it's their first time to kind of, you know, practice their communications, how they're going to work together as a coaching staff. And so I think yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, that's something a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people kind of forget that, Ella. So let those guys yeah. work, see how they mesh, see how they they'll gel. Then they'll be able to after the spring kind of come back, kind of you know use the summer. You know, there's going to be a lot of recruiting and camps going on, but at the same time, they'll also be kind of revising their install, revising kind of how things work, people's roles probably. Then you restart. You hit the reset button in training camp, and then that's when it really starts going. So. There's a lot of time. It's a lot. There's, there's a lot of time. There's not a lot of time. But I think, realistically, training camp is when you really kind of can start getting some clearer answers. Then obviously when it's time to play. But uh, I think I think you you have a great point, Ellis. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the. Well, I think I think a day we get a chance to see because you know when we see a day, there's going to be a scripted, uh, you know, play calling in those games where coaches probably coach uh, the teams. You know what I mean? So we'll right. see a little bit. Uh, of of what you know, Danny Sheridan can do. Um, Nick Sheridan. I don't know. Nick Sheridan. I'm Danny Sheridan's another guy. But the thing is, like, um, <laughs> I just don't know. I go about what he did in Indiana, getting fired. To uh, he wasn't that overly impressive anyway. And everybody, uh, the built-in excuse was, you know, Penix Jr. was hurt and that kind of thing. So that that right there made me have a cause for pause, so to speak. Right. Uh, Nick Sheridan, the, def- the offensive coordinator now, uh, getting an opportunity. But at the same time, what best serves this Alabama football team? And you're number one of Kalen DeBoer. What, what best serves him? This offense, and to me, would be, okay, he has a title, right? But yeah. he ain't really the offensive coordinator. I mean, Kalen DeBoer is that. And I think the Alabama faithful, in my opinion, would probably feel a lot better. Now, they being, like I said, supportive. They've been, you know, okay, you know, Nick Sheridan, he's a guy, so he's a coach making this decision, so we're going to back him. We're going to be supportive and, you know, rah, rah, rah. But that don't mean that they like it. I mean, that don't mean that they really feel comfortable or secure about it, right? And that's kind of how I feel about this whole situation because there isn't enough evidence for you to say home run higher or, Oh, this guy's going to knock it out of the park or whatever. Which I haven't know, heard that about word. Coach Sheridan. But, I mean, I've heard a lot of that. But the thing is, 
But listen, that's what they're supposed to do as a supportive fan. I get it. But for us that's analyzing, I think if you're realistic, Ellis, you go, hey, you know what? I don't like what I've seen from this guy. Um, his his receipts, so to speak, don't add up for him. Because if, if it was Nick Saban, you'd be sitting there scratching your head. If, like, this is the best that you can find? Right? And that's all I'm saying. Don't Nothing against him personally. We just... It's just it's the reality of now. <laughs> well, me or who? That's not just me. That's no, I'm saying you're saying we. I, I, my, my, but here's my thing though. I think the the thing with this situation is the factors are different. There's different variables here, right? Like I get what you're saying, but I also realize you know he was under a, a different head coach, right? He, uh, you know what I'm saying. So I think that is a big factor here. So and and again, I just I've also seen people that. You know what I'm saying? Look, I mean, look at like Robert Bala, right? I don't think many people knew much about him. I think he came from a smaller school. You know, he ended up being a, a, a very solid inside linebacker coach, right? You know, Pete, I always go back to Pete Golden. And again, people are probably going to go, oh, well, that's not a good example. He, the dude was on a, as a national championship winning defensive coordinator. And before he said, oh, well, he's, anybody could have. No, you can't. And I, I don't, I'll say this again and again, you know, until I'm, I'm out of breath, that Coach Saban was extremely high on the guy. So all you people that you know want to say I'm wrong, you can take it up with him because the, the guy that you praise was extremely high on Pete Golden. What I'm getting at is Pete Golden came from a smaller school and he ended up doing a, a good job. Now obviously, you know, is his last year or two one as great, but he still did some good stuff. So what I'm getting at is you can't always just say, oh, okay, the receipts say this, right? Because situations are different. It's no different than a football player, right? You got Bryce Young, you want to pull up his receipts. His receipts from his rookie year aren't great. Does that mean he's not a great player? No, he's not at a good franchise. He didn't have a good supporting cast. So I don't see why we can't kind of use some of that logic towards coaches. I don't think it's, I mean, I don't like saying, oh, there's an excuse, a built-in excuse that he struggled the second year. If his starting quarterback was hurt and they didn't have a good backup, that's a fact. I mean, okay, well, let me just ask you, let's a simple, a simple, make it simple. Would Nick Sheridan be sought after anywhere else? Nick Sheridan was. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, you keep saying what, but my point is, would he be sought after by anybody else other than Kalen DeBoer as an office coordinator right now? Uh, allegedly, he had, had offers. Power five. Allegedly, he had other offers. By who? By I who? don't know. I'm just telling you what, what, what's know. been said. Who, who said that? That's what the, that's what I heard in the media, that he had other offers, okay. both him and Jamarcus Shepard. He, you realize, he, was the, you realize he was the tight ends coach of the year in the Pac-12. So I don't know if it was offers to be an OC at a big school, so to speak. Maybe it was a smaller school OC job. Maybe it was something else. I don't know. All I'm saying is, like, I, I think sometimes there's too much of an like, there's overemphasis on the negatives, right? I believe at looking at the entire plate. So even though the second year might not have been a great year, I also look at the other variables and also say, all right, let's just kind of give it a, give it a chance. I do get what you're saying though. If it was Coach Saban here and that hire was made. It, it definitely would be a head scratcher. However, those are different variables. They were talking about promoting a guy from within who knows your system. That's just the, the easiest option. That's what you do. If you hire a guy from the outside, right, you're having to teach a whole new guy your whole system, have to find out how you guys work together. It's, it's a lot versus, okay, I can just be heavily involved and promote this guy from within who's also going to be uh, working alongside Jamarcus Shepard, who also knows the system. Let's see how this goes. If it don't work out great, fine. We'll find a different guy. Maybe Jamarcus Shepard might be a better option. You just got to wait and see. 
Jamarcus Shepard yeah. got the title offensive coordinator because of the money and years of contract. But he That's also served as a co-offensive coordinator previously and was an interim offensive yeah. coordinator. Because of money. One more thing before I let y'all go. Not, okay. not at Purdue. Oh, go ahead, Ellis. Uh, do you think that they was looking at Taylor and the board uh, before any of this even happened, before Nick Saban retired? Do you think they was look going ahead and looking at him? Well, that's that's what Greg Byrne said. Well, Greg Byrne has said uh, multiple times now, Ellis, um, in different interviews that that was the case, that he actually, you know, had a, a running list of potential candidates to replace Coach Saban, even though he, you know, wasn't looking forward to that. But that was, you know, him doing his due diligence to being prepared for when that moment happened. So from Greg Byrne, that's what he said. He said that he had a list and Coach DeBoer was always at the top of that list. I, I mean... That's what he said. I mean, I don't know if it's 100% just because, I mean, Coach DeBoer was at Washington, what, two years? So that means he would have been watching him at Fresno State. I mean, was uh, was Greg Byrne really diving that deep into him that early? I'll be honest. Maybe, I don't know. But that's impressive if, if he was. But uh, clearly he was on their radar because, I mean, it seems like Things moved quick, and I, I think he was always one of the, if not well, the top. I, I would say it probably started with last year. I don't think it went back to Fresno, but I can tell you from Ray Tanner to well, he said a few the, years. Uh, so that's the, the, the coordinators, excuse me, the, the ads that I know that are looking, they always keep a list. You know, I've had like Ray Tanner ask me, even with Spurrier, right before he stepped down. You know, who are some guys I may know have relationship coaches. Who do I think, um, you know, some of the hottest coaches or coordinators in the country that might would work here at South Carolina? Uh, and those questions were asked while Steve Spurrier was here. So I'm saying that to say court, uh, ADs already do their homework beforehand. You know what I mean? Like they prepare because, especially in the case like a Steve Spurrier or a Nick Saban, the guys are older, up in, up in age. Well, they got to prepare. You know, that day's going to come at some point. You hope it don't come as soon as, you know, as we saw it with Nick Saban, but you got to be prepared that one day maybe he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and his music on the way to the stadium isn't Darius Rucker. <laughs> you know what he says? I'm done. You know what I mean? So you just got to be prepared to, to keep an eye on who's the hottest names out there, who's the hottest coaches, and then do your due diligence with former players and or coaches or other people in the business to figure out who that said person could be, and I think that's what Greg Byrne did. All right. Yep. Well, Ellis, I Ellis I'm, 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 I'm working for your ticket. I'm working. Uh, Ellis, he's no, just listen. I'm actually working on it. Make sure you leave your number with Wyatt, and I'll uh, I'm gonna try my best, and I'll try to let you some let you know some. Hopefully later today, if not maybe tomorrow. But I'm gonna try my best. You got my word, Ellis. Okay. Hey, uh, uh, and one thing, if you can't, it's it's all good. You know. Uh, you know. They, you know, I'm just saying it ain't no big deal. You know, if you can't, I understand. You know. Yes, sir. It ain't like I'm going to be all frustrated You know, you're not going to stop listening to the show if we can't find us, what you No, no, no. I'm not going to listen to the show now. That's, no. I can't stop listening to y'all. No, we appreciate you, Ellis. Man. Nah, we just kidding, man. We appreciate it, brother. Hopefully Chris can get it done. But I did text a couple people, though, just so you know. I, that's true. I'll give you my number. All right, sounds good, Ellis. We All appreciate right, you, I appreciate All right, roll tide. Roll tide, Ellis. Roll tide, and the people down here on Divine Street in Columbia is looking at me. How y'all doing?
God bless y'all. Happy rainy Friday. All right, we got to hit a timeout. We'll come back. Don't forget Time 100.9 free app. We got a couple of messages waiting, so we'll get to those. We'll continue to take your phone calls if you're in the mood. Also, we're going to talk NFL Combine. What a big day. Hey, Digger, in Dallas, are you listening? Did you see the numbers? No, no, they're not fake. You remember you asked, is Dallas Turner a real baller or not? And we told you he's a freak and he's going to test crazy. Well, there you go. The evidence is in. We'll talk about that and other Bama players that ran. Also, those that are upcoming. We'll talk about that on the flip side of the break. This is Mills Edge on Tide 100.9-1230. Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at Birmingham Racecourse Casino, where you can be a winner, too. Off I-459, exit 31, Derby Parkway. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cloudy, cool afternoon with periods of rain, the high 54. Tonight, rain ending this evening. The clouds will linger, the low 49. Turning much warmer tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. A few isolated showers are possible, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 49 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. up in the air and wave them like you just don't care. Raining, sleep, snow or shine. We do our thing right on time, 100.9. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, Wyatt. Uh, that was good. That is, actually uh, rhymed. I, I'm not going to lie. You were losing me at first because you weren't too on beat. I think there might be a little delay, so I'll give you that. But then... It's radio said, and I'm not in the studio. No, I, I, know, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know, but I'm saying I was... Relax, I'm giving you credit. You said... Rain, sleet, or shine, always doing our thing on Tide 100.9. I was like, okay, all right. I, ain't, I didn't know I you mean, had that in come on, you. man. I, I wasn't always a preacher or a Christian. I mean, I listen to some hard music. I mean, brother, I mean, you, can, I, you, you know, can rhyme and be a Christian. I mean, I, damn, I'm well, sure Christian music rhymes, I, too. I, I don't to don't T.D. Jake? Not T, uh, damn, what's his oh, name? I'm not cussing the same message. Kirk Franklin. You need some anointing oil. Hey, why? You got any anointing oil in your backpack? Or your, you carry a backpack? Why? Don't put why no damn oil on me. I don't know. What you got in that oil? I got a bottle of Aquafina. That's all I got. I'm putting no, I don't trust people now. Why I don't trust, no, not you, why? But look, man. Thanks, Christian. No, no, not, listen, why? You know, I, man, I respect you. I appreciate it. But nowadays, no, man, I don't like, know what people got in their oil. I, I mean, it, not you, why? But I'm just if, saying, you just, you don't know. You don't know. People, there's all type of gimmicks. If Wyatt carries a backpack or does he have like a real briefcase? He's got a, a nice backpack. I like his hat, though. He's got that nothing fancy hat on. I see those. Uh, um, Often online, I like those hats. Matter, matter of fact, I think my buddy uh, played at Kentucky. I think he like is like an ambassador for them or something like that. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got a sweet hat on. Hey, but, hey, is, is, go ahead. Is Justin Jones still in, in the building? Nah, he he. Nah, dude, okay. you ran him he, off, oh, man. You kept talking crap about his freaking workout gear, and now he don't produce a damn show. No, no, no. We got Wyatt, and we got. I no, know we, we got, got Wyatt, but I'm saying Wyatt's Justin got his Jones own show that he produces and hosts. So I'm like, now you got this man working overtime because you <laughs> you ran Justin off because you made fun of his hoodie. Like, let, the man is in the gym. Oh, but I'm gonna oh, the pastor of pessimism got to make fun of his hoodie, hoodie slides. On. I just like that's raining on people's parades. <laughs> that's what I feel. That's that's, that's what this I envision MD, doing. Somebody that got like you on X, MD Chief, whatever that means. He says, he like you call me the pastor of pessimism. 
had pessimism. Put it wrong. No, that's pessimism. pessimism. You put pessimists. No, no, right. I said pessimism. Okay, he said it right. He did put it. He did right. say it right. right. Now, I mean, are, yeah. are you familiar with what that means? Yes. Just like the opposite of being optimistic means that I'm not optimistic, means I'm not supportive. I'm totally going to be like, like, you, you, like you, you, you believe the worst. I know what that means. <laughs> I had to remind you, I mean, it's been a minute since you've been in school. But, but all, right, all right, enough of all that. Let's, let's get back to the combine. We, I, I, I said, though, like that Dallas Turner is going to no, put up no, some no, big no, numbers. I don't want to get there yet. Why? I know, but you, you, you cut me off. I want to get to, to You Wyatt just brought it up. Has, you said it. I know. Because he has something important. From two people that's used to tie 100.9, I want to go ahead and knock those out, which are app messages. Why you are the man? Take it away. Yeah, first app message here from Two Checks. He says, "Christian, your puppy's behavior card is on yellow. He's he's turning it up in the Tesla." Oh wow! Yeah, my my brother's uh, bringing my puppy down for uh, for me. So, um, well, figure it out. <laughs> well, <what> you- <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What? I mean. Look, look, the dog has been well-behaved at this point. I mean, he, he's, he's very sweet, good-looking You should have got the dog pre-trained, pre-trained. First of all, I enjoy the process of training dogs. Second of all, the dog's like nine weeks old, okay? And he's a doodle, a small little doodle. I mean, it, they're smart dogs by nature. He's Listen, he's, go, he's a good dog. I'm telling you, I'm going to get him trained up. He's going he's gonna to do great. I'll, I'll let him hang out in the studio. Yeah, he's been he around the dog a picture. It's very cute. Oh, you saw? Yeah. yeah. Look, but here's the thing. Like... I know because I've seen him. I've been in constant, you know, communication with the breeder and also him. And I, I from from what I've seen, he's very well behaved. He, he plays with my brother's dogs well. He, you know, he's as a puppy. You know, he's not yapping and doing a bunch. He's very just calm, sweet, and just laid back. Now he he probably gets a little excited. He's a puppy, but that's that's normal. But I appreciate him. Bringing it is him a long ride, and he's in the Tesla, so he got to stop about three times too. Yeah, so which is good. Let's run around. Well, well we they another? should be close by. Yeah, they're, they're, they're close. Do we have another one, Wyatt? Yeah, at message from KJ, he says, What? Come on, Corey. Asking paid about your wide receiver hire shows your cock glasses. <laughs> he said, Sorry, that's the team name. Former players, coach, and analysts had positives about all our coaching hires, and you said they were butt kissers. If it's a wait-and-see approach for one group, it has to be a wait-and-see approach for them all. As you said before, you can look and research positives to validate any point you want to make. Don't criticize our hires and clap for them Gamecocks, LOL. Especially mm. about my cock glasses. Dang. They're Gucci. My cock glasses are Gucci, Cap. by the way. Anyway, anyway let me just say that. You said what? KJ, you are the the epitome. Or you should, if I go to Wikipedia and look up Homer, it's going to be you, and it'd be probably look more like Urkel. You know? <laughs> but what's, what's crazy is you're wrong. You, what's crazy is KJ, if, I don't know if you've noticed, but KJ actually, he's very, he's not, he's he's down KJ, the middle. He keeps it. He keeps it. He keeps he it above. Yes, he is. No, how are you going to tell? How many times he he literally no, was saying, "Oh, that he holds him to the fire with recruiting all type of stuff." Yes, he. Is. What are you Listen, talking about? Because I said no, you can't that see the bias dude, on your part. Gave the dude some love, right? And and then you got all of uh, KJ Homerville, right? Oh well, you're not consistent. Why? Because I said Dan or Orlowski co-signed for the man, right? He gave he got some street cred from. A notable person that has a ton of street cred. There was many notable people. A guy that versus a guy, one of the guys. I didn't. I didn't jump on all your coaches. Nick, uh, I call him. You know, the Nick Sheridan is the one that I spoke loudly about, and uh, Kane Womack, right? And rightfully so. 
But but it wasn't like I crushed him. I'm just saying I don't agree with the hire. It ain't no, it's not, it's, I'm not sunshine pumping this guy, but what I would tell you, which Christian said the exact same thing, there's credibility, there's a reason why people, KJ, like when they hire former players. There's many people that pushed for Alabama and Kalen DeBoer to hire some guys that were former players that was available, right? Not to mention that they may not all be great coaches, but I do understand one thing, that when you play the game as long as I had, and then other folks that learned a lot for this game, they can you can offer some invaluable information. It can be invaluable when it comes to recruiting. Not throwing the guy that's been a head coach twice at the same school, Limestones in Gaffney, South Carolina. Number two, he's been a coach, wide receivers coach, in the highest league that there is, the National Football League, right? So that tells me something about this young man that has more credibility than said your offensive coordinator at this point, or co-offensive coordinator. So you can say what you want to. You know, it ain't cock glasses, it's called common sense, right? And so when I say KJ is is the, the, the epitome, the picture of a homer, he's that's not, what though. he is. He's not, though. Now, I would tell, I would. You and I both know the definition. So you and I both you know who actually are homers, right? So and if you if you're putting him on that plane, then you're KJ, wrong. yeah, he won. No, because, he's not. No, he's not. You just you no, know, you know, he's not. There's nothing about cock glasses about this situation. Bro, you put guy. three exclamation I mean, points, bro. Like, what are you saying? Three exclamation points. I put points. points a lot of stuff because they just look good. Dude, they had nothing come on, to do dude. About, that's like that little like, like I could just imagine you like all giddy and typing your little. Oh, he, he no, put I'm a great no, you endorsement. You're the wrong person. Like, come on, man. You, you talk, you, you're, you're wrong for that. No, so we're going to see. We're going to see. We're going to see what? Yeah, we're going to see that y'all are consistently going to be middle of the pack, average team. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, they are. Like, yeah, they what are. do you mean? We're going to see. That. That's, that's what I'm saying. Some of us like right. the guy that's, that like, okay, our, our, we're, we're average, so I want everybody else to be like, come on, man. I'm just like, bro, like, if you no, can't see. We're what, not Alabama in football. With the South Carolina is not nowhere near that. They've never won a championship. So, so. Never. Okay, then. So, I mean, there's nothing to sunshine pump, but am I proud of my school? Absolutely. Am I proud of the University of South Carolina? So let me, let me, let, let, so, so let me ask you this. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Absolutely. So if this guy, if this guy didn't play, so you're just saying that you're, your emphasis about this guy that y'all hired is, is because he played eight years in the league, right? I like him, no, but no, no, I no, like I'm him what is, he said and what if, he stands for. If he didn't, what, the, what do you mean what does he stand for? What does he stand for? About teaching and about, about bringing young men in. Everybody that says that crap sure when they get hired. We want to make oh, the best God. young men on and off the field. Great students, nah. great leader of men, great yeah. fathers. They say the same crap everywhere. Like, come on, man. Do you fall in yeah. for that? Come on, seriously. You're too smart for that. Oh, You've been an idiot right now. How? Because here's what I'm telling you is this. <laughs> the idiotic point you're making is what I just told you. The fact that what I like is the fact that he played in the league for as long as That's he That's what has. I just asked you. The fact that the way the way he got to the league, he wasn't drafted high. He worked his friggin' A off, and he made something of himself through the league, including leading the NFC in receptions, right? Not quitting, not giving up, but he went through all of that, right? And he talked about the fact that he, he was helping young men out to the point where he liked that more than he even liked playing. So that's what he wanted to do was coach. He got into coaching, and he's done great. He's become a head coach, even at the, the, the lower level, which y'all just applauded about the NAI, right? Y'all want me about that. He done that. 
and plus he went to the National Football League. But did League. he run the table at that receiver. level? Did he? What at, was his? At the wide receivers coach, and people acknowledge the job that he has done. That's all I'm saying. No, 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 and no. And no, people no, no, at the no. highest level have acknowledged the job that this young man has done. So. Do I respect that? You daggum right I do. No, 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 no. Okay. Do I think but, but, he's going to be the, 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 the best wire? I don't know. But I'm just telling you, because I work with young people myself, I, I like that part about him, that his willingness and his heart to, to change the lives of young men. And as he said, those that want to, because every kid don't want to. A lot of kids just like to be a part of a program the word the swag, right? They want they want the Alabama gear. They want the bag. They want to take their pictures getting off the bus or getting on the plane. And for them, that might be as much as they want. But then there's a unique group that has what it takes to play at their next level. He liked to be with them dudes because it ain't easy. And he's got the story to go behind. It may not work the way you want to in the initial, but I understand how to get there. And one thing he did say, and it's not just to get there, but how to sustain, how to stay there. Because that's a huge thing. And that's the thing that I like about it. I never, I never tweeted one thing about him being the best coach and better than this guy. All I said, that's a great endorsement who I respect, Dan Orlowski, and his analysis. He's one of my favorite dude NFL guys. Because I don't think a lot of them are worth a crap, to be honest with you. But I think what he does is it's pretty excellent. And that's all I was saying. That's a pretty pretty daggone good endorsement. That's what I said about this coach, Flora or Fury or whatever his name is. Well, you like him so uh, much. Coming to South Carolina. Learned, <laughs> learned the guy's Not, name. I mean, my point is, I don't know him that much. I just, I'm telling him. First time I even heard about him was yesterday when they hired him. I mean, so I do have to look his name up because I, I haven't known, but, but after reading about this man and knowing his story and hearing other people that I respect, don't mean that you're going because you don't know. I do. I read a lot of stuff. So my point is, I like what the direction what Shane Beamer said about it, who I know very well, and that's what he said. So just the same thing that Josh said. So the fact that they're excited about him, cool. And then I got other people that I respect. It ain't had nothing about no home resident. That's something where y'all want to go. This foolish. That's just crap. They, no, when y'all it's not, no, this no, it's not. I, I'm not going anywhere with it. I keep it a buck with everything. And, and if we're being transparent, you, we're talking about coaching. I respect his... His, uh, his NFL career, being an undrafted guy. Again, all you're describing is him as a, as a person. And, and if anything, you gave people crap about them doing that for Coach DeBoer. But, but what I will say is, you're talking about NAI and all this stuff. I mean, but if we're going to hold this guy's feet to the fire and be realistic. Why, like, what is this? If this, no, 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 if this is no, a show no, about comparing Gamecock coaches, it's not, it's man, not it's man, let's, I'm being serious right now. This is freaking child. I'm not even talking to it? you about it no it's, more. Because it's been stupid. We got people on the line. That's what I believe. I don't care what nobody says. Or I don't play that punk game of a fanboy. I don't do that. So I'm, been, not, I'm been absolutely I'm just, serious. I'm, I'm giving not, you facts. I'm not, I'm not talking about it no more. It's, it's, oh, that's what I said. If you like it, <laughs> fine. If you don't like it, I don't give a crap. Okay? Whether it's KJ or TJ, I don't care. It's going to be my opinion. Right? Period. So it ain't nothing about no fanboy. I, I said what I said, and I said what I said about Alabama. You know what? And I stand behind it. And you know who it is. I'm not some name on Twitter or X. You know who I am. I'm on Wiki. I say what I say because I stand on it. Period. Quick time out to your phone calls on the other side. Inside the Alabama Crimson Tide with the Gary Harris Show.
Hey, it's Gary Harris coming up Monday on the Gary Harris Show at 9 a.m. As we always do, we'll recap a busy sports weekend with Alabama sports plus Rodney Orr from TiderInsider.com and Casey Smith on golf and your phone calls. That's Monday morning. Bring your number to Cricket on up to a $60 a month voice plan depending on device. Select models only while supplies last. First month service charge and tax to its sale. Cricket 5G requires a compatible device and is not available everywhere. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See store for details. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of The Game, presented by Brian Harden Construction. We'll do a free-for-all Friday. We'll do a little score prediction with Alabama, Tennessee. We'll feature Brett Norsworthy. We'll talk to Brent Beard. All starting at 2 p.m. here on The Game on Tide 100.9-1230. WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A cloudy, cool afternoon with periods of rain, the high 54. Tonight, rain ending this evening. The clouds will linger, the low 49. Turning much warmer tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine. A few isolated showers are possible, the high 69. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 49 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. One thirty-six on the Dow. Hope you're doing good on this Friday. I like these heated conversations. That's how I roll. Good radio. 205-342-9904. We got people on hold. We got app messages. The, the, the uh, app is free. Tie 100.9. So you got to do. You can leave your questions, comments, thoughts right there. Leon has been holding. Welcome in. Good Friday to you. Leon, do we have you? Leon. The unknown, the line. All right, let's go to Danny. Danny from Tuscaloosa. You there? I think Wyatt's still trying to see if Leon's there. He might uh, He might be there. Is he there, Wyatt? No, he's not there. Let's go. We'll go to Danny from Tuscaloosa. Danny, what's going on? Happy Friday to you. Dang, is uh, everybody's service not working today? <laughs> Danny going once. Going twice, they might have got you. Might you might have scared them off? You got a I little heated. Scared them off. Yeah, you got a little heated. Let me stop. You no, know, I don't want to get you too riled up. But uh, I ain't gonna riled up. I just I, I no. Nah, like, you got I a little like riled it. up for a second. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll tone it down. I'll I'll leave you and the Gamecocks alone. We'll 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 talk about something else. What else did I have on my docket? Um, we had to, let's go to let's go to the uh, for real. I do want to talk about. I was messing with Digger from Texas who asked yesterday about. Dallas Turner, and then, of course, uh, Chris Braswell ran a great 40 time, which I think is 4-6 and 4-6-0-5. Oh, is, is great. 
Yeah, I don't people like, you know, oh, I was like, four, are we sleeping on 4.6? I mean, Well, I don't think ridiculous. they realize 4.6.0 is literally, I mean, if it was one millisecond, I mean, 4.5.9, people would be freaking out because of the five. You know what I'm saying? Like, 4.6.0, like, 4.6.0 is much different than 4.6.8, right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, at his size, and I don't even know what he uh, weighed in at, but realistically, Chris has been around, like, 260-ish. And a 4-6-0 at that time is phenomenal. Now, obviously, you know, the talk is about Dallas Turner, who you're going to, 4-4-7, 1-5-4 and 10-yard split, 40-and-a-half-inch uh, vert, 10-7 broad. So I, I told y'all he was going to test big, and he, he probably tested even better than I anticipated. But definitely was uh, impressed by that. I mean, it's one of those things where, I, you know, like you mentioned, Digger was, oh, how good is he? Well, I mean, he has good tape, and then you just go put numbers up like that. I mean – Scouts and GMs are drooling at that. Even though at the end of the day, tape is what matters most. But when you have good tape, uh, like a guy like uh, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, and you go put up numbers like that, that just, they always call it checking the boxes, right? You don't necessarily even have to put up crazy numbers. You just, they, you, they want to be able to check the box. An example of not being able to check the box, if you go run a, you're not selling back, you go run a 4-9, eh, they're not going to check that speed box. And that's going to kind of cause questions. But if you go run a, Four six four seven maybe is still okay. They can at least check the box. But when you do stuff like these guys just did, like freak stuff like that, that really is putting you on notice and in high demand. So I think it's safe to say he might be a – I would say he probably is a top ten pick at this point, which a lot of people already had him there. But I think with those numbers, I think he kind of solidified himself. Would you agree? No, no, I, I do agree. I think that's – I mean, listen. I, oh, in the wingspan. We forgot about that. That's – yeah, the wingspan, the broad was a broad jump, and then the vert. I mean, do you believe that Dallas Turner vert was higher than Tyrion's Arnold? I mean, and he outweighs him probably sixty-five pounds. That's crazy explosive. But, but I, I will say this though, I will say this, and I, now they do everything in their power. If you guys don't know, so the way they do the vert at the combine, it's you know old school, raise your right arm, right. But if you know, you know, as an athlete, you can try to lock your shoulder. You try to do it. The trick is, folks, because this, this is probably entertaining. The trick is you try your best to try to lock your shoulder and because they try to pull your arm as high. Because think about it, when you jump, you're going to be swiping as high. As, they try to get you as high as you can on the pre-measurement before you do it. Now, what I'm getting at is, like Dallas, I have really long arms, too. So you have to do everything you can to try to get that pre-measurement as low as possible. And so what I'm getting at is knowing how long his arms are and having a 40 and a half inch vert. He's going to get high as hell when he touches something. But it's, it's, it's imperative you, you get that, that pre-measurement number as low as possible. So he, he, might, he, did, he had to do a really good job of that too. But he clearly had air. But anyway, you know, I just thought that was interesting. If you think about it, like those long arms, man, they try to dock so many numbers off of you because like, you'll touch high as, high as hell, but the pre-measurement always knocks so much off. But why? You, like, you got something. I was just going to say Dallas Turner had the had – the- Furthest broad jump and the highest vertical of any Ooh. of the linebackers and was second uh, only behind Peyton Wilson in 40 time for the linebacker group. Which, hey, man, a white linebacker had the fastest time. Now, before you guys freak out, I'm 54% white, so he's, I can get away. I can say that. He's representing. He's representing. Yeah, he does. Hey, look, look. white men can't run. And they, can, they, can, they can run. Like I said, I'm, I'm clear, guys. I'm 54% white. That's my 23 of me. Just to remind you guys. So it's okay. I, I can talk. How do you figure you're 54%? I'm, because 23 of me said, I know you're upset. I took more after my mom. It's okay. Don't cry. But, yep, 23 of me, you guys can check it. I'll show it. Got, I got my proof. 
I can say this. I'm impressed that a white guy ran the fastest time. Shout out to him, man. And look, I'll, you, know, you know why I'm riding with this guy? Not only because he's beating the odds. That's why you ran a 4-6. What the hell does that mean? That's a, that's a solid time. <laughs> I, I, how am I, I getting hit with strays? You know, you know why I also like this guy too. Man, I think it's awesome that he he look, man. He's he's he he's letting naysayers know, man. A lot of people probably didn't think he was going to run that, but I'll say this though. I think he looks up and it is being comp to Luke Keekley. Big shoes to fill, okay. Huge shoes to fill. But I'm like, you know what? I played with Luke and he was, without a doubt, the greatest football love player I think I played. Oh my guy. gosh, dude. As you talk about a guy that loves ball, is a student of the game. I mean, I'm mean, greatest player I think I've ever been around, and I think I will ever be around. I mean, that, that is incredible. This is his, his football savvy, his IQ, being able to call plays before they happen, and he's doing this in the NFL at the highest level on a consistent basis. I mean, this dude, insane. But anyway, they were comparing him to Luke, and I was like, "Dang, that's dope, man." I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. Now I'm like, I'm living up to Luke Keekley's, you know. You know, game and, and, you know, filling his shoes. I don't know about all that. But uh, I, I want to say this is a guy. Didn't he win the Buckets Award? Why? Do you know that the linebacker? That uh, no, yeah, he won the best linebacker in the country. He played at NC State. Yeah. Uh, saw him play a lot because I covered Clemson. Um, like very active. He's one of those guys not real physical. You know what I mean? He's not going to be a guy uh, he's kind of finesse. that can shit, shed blocks. Yeah, he's more of a chaser. Because when you talk about linebacker guys, you, you find those that we call thumpers, right? More physical, that can go in and get into blocks, can get off blocks, can run to the football, secure tackles. And then you got the guy we call chase guys, normally your weak side linebacker types that that can use that 4-4, whatever he ran, a little bit better than Dallas Turner, that can chase down ball carriers, that can chase down wide receivers, right? So he's more of that guy. Uh, they normally have good blitzers. They, you know, you want to blitz guys like that. They can take advantage physically of a running back or run around them or make a move. So Peyton Wilson is that type of dude. And, and so uh, it's one of those things that where I like him. Um, I think for him it's going to be key getting into the right defense and the right fit. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, he, he, he's strictly an inside guy. I don't know if they combine those guys. I didn't understand that either. Yesterday, they had inside and edge guys in the same group. Well, they put me but with Peyton the linebackers. Wilson play more. Me yeah, and Josh Allen. Peyton Wilson play more, play more uh, inside. But nonetheless, dude's phenomenal athlete. And uh, they got banged up a little bit uh, last year, but uh, a very good football player. He probably wouldn't have fit well here at Alabama, I'll tell you, because in our system, man, you got to be No, 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 no. He's not an Alabama type of Hell linebacker. Hell no, because I was about to say, as soon as you said he's more, you know, slipping, you know, slipping blocks, Nah, uh, nah, they, he, they, will, saw, he, they will pull the you out of the game. If, <laughs> if you're not going to take it on a guard, head on here. Uh, no, sir, come take a seat next to me on the bench. Not That's not happening. Now, I will say, though, like, our, like for instance, C.J. Mosley, he's a great balance because if you watch his game, he's actually he's, he's, he's slimmed down. He's playing a lot lighter. And you see, like, different aspects to his game. Like, you know, he, he still has that physical thumper style to him. But now that he's a little slimmer and more athletic, he also – uses his natural athletic ability to, you know, slip blocks if it's, you know, going to make it, let him make a play. But you, you got to right. be able to have some – yeah, I mean, if, if he ain't if he ain't thumping, though, man, I don't know. But I had to go back and really watch him. But anyway, I just thought it was thought it was interesting. But um, definitely curious to see what Terry on – Well, the kid from Terry Florida State, too, was another – No, he hadn't run yet. I, I, well, I, I'll, I'll say the Florida State guy, but I do want to mention Kool-Aid McKinstry. You know, we've had this conversation. I know the GOAT listening in. And she's getting ready to get mad at me again and throw out some bad tweets. But 
He's not going to run. He has, uh, uh, Wyatt, you may know the specific name of the injury with his toe. I think it's the injury of the pinky toe. Uh, so Jones like fracture is what they said it was. Yeah, some type of fracture. Well, well Jones he, fracture he'll be able serious. to. Isn't that like, or is that? Yeah, but he's getting no, surgery. they say he'll be able to run pro day. He'll be able to run pro day. No, but he's going to have to get surgery, though, to come. After, after pro day. Yeah, he will have to probably get like a. A certain, a but here's the, the bottom line. Terry on Arno is going to go higher than him. And I told Goat and I told people, I said it on the show during the season that I thought Terry on Arno was the better player. I thought Terry on Arno played with better technique. Kool-Aid uh, relied just on skills a lot of the times. But I thought he played a little bit overweight. Uh, when I look at him in the uniform, he's a little soft in the midsection. Um, I thought Kool-Aid is a physical corner. I think Kool-Aid is a better zone corner, if you ask me, and a team that plays more zone, you know, in cover two, like my friend Mark Collins and, and Perry Williams, they were big physical corners with the Giants, right? And we played cover two a lot, where I, my job was to make the ball uh, bounce outside, get out that C-gap, and those guys were good tacklers. I, that, I think Kool-Aid could be that type of dude, although we've had so many situations, Christian, when I would point him out, we watched the game a couple of times, and I was like, man, he would just He'd go duck his head or just wouldn't even try at tackling at times, which frustrated me. But Kool-Aid has a great upside if he decides that's, that's how he's going to work. And I think uh, he could be a traveling cornerback. But right now, Terry and Arno, and if you listen to the story about, you know, Miro and being his best friend and what Miro said after the South Florida game about being benched, you know, uh, was, I thought was cool. And he said how that kind of changed his mindset. So... I don't know. Uh, Kool-Aid, to me, does this hurt him? I I, I, I just believe that Terry Arnold is going to be a first-round pick, and Kool-Aid may be mid-second, third-round pick, in my opinion. Dude, come on, bro. You third-round. Like, seriously, man, you stressed I said mid-second to third-round. Mid-second to third-round. But third even round. throwing in the third-round. Seriously, bro? I'm, we can, let's it's the draft. I, I we haven't seen people that... I it's the draft. I mean, you would be shocked. No, you're right. right? No, that, you know, you're 100 percent right. But I, I'm just saying that there's, I, there's no way that he falls in third round, even with the injury. There's no way he's not falling out of second round. I'm willing. I'd put 100 dollars on that right now. Actually, we can't support it. Gambling's illegal in Alabama. I don't bet. I don't think. Well, they got bet something. I heard a commercial. Oh, it's illegal in Alabama. So you, you know, we, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were just playing. You. Yeah, we were just playing. We're. <laughs> no, I don't bet. We're not betting right now. We're just playing. Yeah, if I wasn't better, the last thing I would bet on would be something with the NFL. No, sure. no, you're right. And I thought, so to be fair, you're right. Things do happen. There's a guy from Michigan that D-tackle. I think he had a heart condition, though. But he's supposed to be like a first rounder. I think he fell all the way to like six or seven or something crazy. Um, no, so, so things can happen. I'm just saying, I, I, while I do agree that, that Terry on played better and he is going to be drafted higher, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't, I think it's, I think it's a little too harsh to say it. I, I don't know. I, I think Kool-Aid's actually going to end up continuing playing well in the league. And I, I, don't, I just, I think he gets I a little bit. I he has a huge upside. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think he's going to end up being a dog. I mean, look, I can tell you, you, you might come off a certain way, but it may, maybe he was a little preserving, you know, himself a bit. But I, I, he does have that dog mentality. And uh, I think we'll see that at the next level. But let's take a quick time out and finish wrapping things up. I think i got a couple more things to talk about. But. We'll do that on the other side of this break. Listen to I don't think we... Oh, don't we don't have another break. break. 
Yeah, uh, spot, spots are always really weird. Yeah. On no, Fridays. you're good. Well, we're good. Never mind. My bad. I thought we had to do that. We're good. We're good to the top of the hour. Yeah, that, uh, I saw they sent me the message, though. So we, we're good that, to go. 205 Again, we do have an app message from John's. Is that plural or is that John? It's John's. He says, uh, he says Linguist was a DB coach at the highest level, but are we going to play the wait and see game with him? <laughs> Dang, Who? they don't stop. They're not stopping today. They're who, not letting up, man. Said? They, they said, you're going to keep it real? They want to keep it real. He said Mo Linguist, the DB coach. I, I have no idea what he's talking about. Mo Linguist, the defensive uh, co-defensive coordinator and defensive back coach here at Alabama, came from Buffalo. Yeah, the, the one that was at – yeah, I think he was in the NFL one year. Right. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah, cor- did he have, DB did coach for the a, Dallas Cowboys in, 20, in 2020. Just one year. And uh, and then he had a, a two losing seasons at Buffalo. Is that correct? Uh, he did, but the guy that you're referring to also had two losing seasons at Limestone. Is that correct? Yeah, but the last but the last two been winning seasons. When he left, he was at Limestone. He lost. Then he went to the NFL for four years, I believe. Came back as a new head coach. The last two years, he's won eight or nine games each year, I think. But but I'm just saying. I mean, so I I've never and said what, anything about this. And what league this. are they in? Link was who? Limestone is division two. Okay. I don't I don't pump up his limestone. I pump up who he is as a man and what he's what I'm saying, his ability as a former player. That's where I talk about. See y'all see that's where y'all getting it twisted. It's like one of you know, it's not. I mean, it's not y'all. I think. I think his his. Listen, I'm, listen, I'm saying y'all as a wide receiver coach, a guy that played ten years in the league that had to get it out of the mud as an undrafted guy. I love that type of hire, a hundred percent. Would you rather not have a guy that maybe haven't done so much, or a guy like Sterling Sharp teaching you how to play wide receiver? You say if I, you're saying if I'm a wide receiver, would I rather have? If you had to have Sterling Sharp teaching you how to play wide receiver, who you know, I'm I'm doing this because it's personal. You. Sterling Sharp, Shannon Sharp, our friends of our family. If Sterling Sharp, would you been in this camp? Are you seen him work camp? You would you rather right. have that man who come through the systems? Who was one of what the he's best done. NFL receivers until he hurt, got hurt, he right. hurt his neck. Yeah, no, I, without right. a doubt. Yeah. I personally, I would, I would rather That's have a I'm guy saying. like Shannon Sharp. I, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, That's all I'm saying. I think what they're saying is, if you're going to be critical of people's coaching backgrounds. AKA what you call receipts, you have to be fair and, and mention those things as well. I, I am. I think. I am listen, fair. and at least for me, I'm not going to speak for other people. That look, that, you know, they're going to come at you because I'm just. I come at you because well, it's, it's not fun. fair. It's good radio, but I'm just saying. Right, it's great radio. What? But let me ask you all this: Are you? What haven't I said? Well, wasn't fair by the coach? Well, I don't, it's not. That's not fair. At I, Alabama, what I would say is, at least from my perspective, it would be you would. Point like you always say, oh, people can look for all the positives to, to validate their you argument. Find what you want to support an argument, absolutely. And, and what, what I would Anybody. say with that is, it almost seemed like you were on the complete opposite side of that. Meaning, you would find the negatives to validate your argument, or like you wouldn't. You would say like instead of I, you, would, you. But would, I, but I, but, I, but I've never argued anything. What do you, all what I do you said, mean? Well, that's a good sign of an endorsement. That's all I said about this. I'm movie. not talking about with that. I'm saying you, you're asking a question yeah. that I'm answering that initially before uh, that I was just saying. Instead of looking at like me, this is how this is my process when I quote unquote analyze or just how I come to a you know to my own personal view right or my observation. 
And now not even just with coaches, football players, whatever. This is with politics, everything. I look at the whole picture, right? I don't just only point out the positives. I think that's foolish. I don't only point out the negatives. I think that's foolish. I look at the entire body of work. And then I come up to my, I come with, come up with my own conclusion. I don't go off of, now, do I listen to other people's thoughts and opinions? Yes. But do I conform based off of what the others think? Hell no. Like I said, I do that with politics too. I, I, it's no different. I do it with anything and everything. I always, I come up to my own opinion and conclusion based off of what I feel off of a variety of aspects. And so it's no different. What I'm saying is, at least sometimes with you, it seems like you're so you're so interested in trying to find the counter that you're only listing the negatives that provide you know validation to your argument. Versus, and then you think what I'm kind of countering with the positives, it comes off like sunshine pumping. I'm not, I'm not pumping sunshine. I'm just saying, as an open-minded person, I believe that yes, you know, again, I'm not, no, I'm not even using. You're, using you're, you're gonna have some sunshine pumping. You're for, that, that I would, I, I, but I don't even but really my, call it sunshine because, I, like I said, I gave it to the. I just did it for you, your guy in Carolina. I care less about what they do, but I'm just being honest. I do, do I know the guy? No. Was his coaching record at Limestone? Great. His second years were, were decent. They were solid. Eight and four, I believe, both the years. But it's Limestone. And But even though I'm not like you, I don't discredit Ooh. stuff. No, 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 no. Hold on now. I'm not like you. You make fun of NAI or whatever. You say you don't count that stuff. I'm not going to. The only reason I'm playing around saying Limestone right now is because of your point when you say NAI. What I'm saying is I don't care about stuff. If he did good at Limestone, good for him. My, but my point is, though that coaching track record is nothing that blows. Like, what is it? What's the term you use? Nothing to be blown away by, or nothing to get me out of my seat. Whatever you say. Absolutely. His coaching no, record. I don't, I don't like. I don't even like, he that. coached the Bears four years. What Bears receivers <laughs> did he have that did anything special? I don't know. He might have. I'm, I'm genuinely asking. My point is though, the positive. Because again, I look at everything. Is that he was a 10 year NFL vet or whatever it was, undrafted guy. He knows the game. He did it himself. That same position. I think that's valuable. See, that's what I mean. I'm very fair. I come up with everything. That's the same. No different than our coaches. I do the same thing for them. I'll point out the things that might not be the most impressive, but I say, okay, but however, he did do this, right? The offensive line coach we just hired. You're saying, oh, he worked everywhere. Well, I'm like, well, he really hadn't worked that many places. That means he has a lot of experience coaching college football. Maybe 10, 11 places. And he, and you said, I said, well, he was the Joe Moore Award finalist with Michigan State. Oh, but they had Kenneth Walker. Okay, that's fine. But he also was a finalist without Kenneth Walker couple years prior though i look at everything that's all we're saying or all i'm saying but why is holding his finger up like he's uh, having a good time producing the show which i'm sure he is but i think that actually means we've got one minute left so i'm going to go ahead and got start wrapping minute. up so the what's show. Here the problem I, I ain't said nothing about a whole lot of that bama coaches but you know one that i was very loud was next year and i'm gonna stay very loud until he proves me otherwise okay number two I had questions about the defense, which a lot of people did, right? Two coaches, former head coaches that weren't great. So, you know, you want me to find some positives? I don't know the positives. They're nice people. You don't think there's any value with hiring a former head coach? And coach always told me when when the best thing somebody says about a coach that they're good people, that tells you the whole story. So that's... That's all I'm saying. My point Bro, is, the guy had a top twenty defense at Indiana. I mean, that's a positive. That just prove me wrong. That's that's a, my point is Alabama is a different animal. The SEC is a different animal. You have to do it differently. And until you do it, a hard butt like me gonna say, I don't know. I am a wait and see approach. 
That's all I'm saying, but I may say it more strongly. All right, I hope everybody have a great weekend. Ellis, I hope you get a ticket from Christian. I'll keep trying as well so you can get to Alabama-Tennessee game day in Tuscaloosa. Should be fun. Going to be live. DJ 2 Chess, check him out. He's going to have you rocking tomorrow, and there won't be no YMCA. It'll be good stuff. For Christian Miller, for Wyatt, for all the people that hit the tie, 100.9, the calls, we thank you so much. For Josh Payton, appreciate all of you all. Have a great Friday. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May heaven smile upon you. And for you, even KJ, even though you are the picture of Homerville, God bless you. We'll talk to you on Monday.